You can either work in the business or you can work on the business. They have the knowledge and skill to be successful. Yesterday is gone and tomorrow has yet to come. Dive all in on the next chapter of your life. Welcome to the ProServe Podcast, a podcast for leaders of thriving boutique professional services firms. If you're not familiar with us, Collective 54 is the first mastermind community focused on the unique needs of founders of boutique professional services firms. My name is Greg Alexander. I'm the founder, and I'm going to be your host today. On in this episode, we're going to talk about one of the most important tools that services firms have at their disposal, and being best in class in this tool can make a significant improvement in many areas of your business. And the tool I'm referring to is the Journey Map. And we have uh, a role model with us today who's an expert at this. His name is Miles. I'm going to mispronounce your last name, Miles. Say it for me. Calburn. Calburn. I was going to say Calburn. So thank you for that. And uh, Miles, it's good to see you. Would you introduce yourself and your firm to the audience? Certainly. Uh, thanks for having me on today. Uh, we are a 17-year-old creative firm. Uh, located in Northern Colorado, uh, primarily focused on high lifetime value uh, segments and client industries. And our company is OTM. You can find us at meetotm.com. All right, very good. So let's let's start from the basics. You know, we have some young emerging firms here, and this term might not be familiar to them. So what is a journey map? Simply put, a journey map is a visual representation of whichever audience you're going after. Uh, it could be employees, it could be customers, uh, anything that we're, we're tracking. But really, it's, it's a visual representation of the process that they go through, whether it's employment, buying services, things like that. Okay. And let's, let's take those one at a time here. So if I have a journey map, and let's say I want to use it for service delivery, because I want my client to have an exceptional experience. How might I use it in that context? It's a great question. And uh, I just walked out of a service delivery meeting where we were going through that right now on SEO and social services. So um, the first thing is to go through and map out what are the touch points uh, in terms of, well, I guess first, are we looking at securing new work or delivering existing work to existing clients? So I'm going to get to the new work in a moment, but for this example, okay. delivering existing work. All right. So that what we're going to map out first is what our client engagement experience is. So we're going to look at that typically on our side on a monthly, quarterly, and annual basis. And so we're going to map out all the touch points uh, that we need to have with a client and really also what are the touch points and areas and timing of their business that they need to communicate with us. We're going to lay that out um, kind of on a linear flat uh, visual map. Uh, there's some great tools at Mural, Miro, uh, Smaply to, to map that out. Um, and then from there, we're going to look at what are the emotions uh, that are driving that on the customer side? Where, where are there intentional opportunities to uh, align with the customer that we can get ahead of, that we can predict? And then from there, we're going to start to build our services really around that map. Okay. Some terminology here. So touch points. What is a touch point? Touch point would be any engagement that a prospective client or existing client 
as with our brand. So that could be visiting a website, uh, reading a newsletter, engaging in social. Uh, for the existing client side, it's typically going to be more around our within our client engagement model. It's going to be more around client meetings, uh, client cadence, client reviews. Uh, typically, anything that account services is leading is going to be a communication touch point. Yep. Okay. Very good. And our audience here today is our members, so I'll use Collective Fifty Four as an example because they've all gone through this. An example of a touch point for us is your onboarding session. You know, we we know that if you get onboarded well and it's a good experience and then we're off to the races and things are going to work out. When onboarding does not go well, which sometimes happens for a variety of reasons, then, you know, it's a rocky road from there and we're, we're in recovery mode right away. So that's an example of a touch point. That's a milestone on a journey map and, you know, highlighting that and recognizing it for the level of importance that it has and being really good at it is what a journey map would help you do. Now, you mentioned the word emotions, which I have to double click on because I completely agree with you on this because sometimes with clients, it's not necessarily what you deliver them, although that is important, of course, but it's how they feel in the project itself. And emotions can get in the way. So, for example, when someone comes to our onboarding session, they, they, they kind of know like what they just bought, but not really. So they're coming at it with, you know, a fair amount of skepticism. And then we need to know that. And so, therefore, we, we kind of go overboard in how we explain things to uh, remove some of that skepticism and get them to open up a bit. So emotions plays a huge role here. So, Miles, how does... How does your firm help clients, because I know you do this for a living as well as using it yourself, how do you help people identify what those emotions may be? Um, the emotions are, I mean, to your point, that's that's almost almost a majority of what you're managing. Um, from, from analyzing that, it, it really comes down to a, a bunch of different touch points. Um, some of it's qualitative, some of it's quantitative. So we use focus groups uh a lot we use um session recording tools like hotjar that'll record website activity to look at uh hesitancy and delay um but really it comes down to watching the customer in one way or another uh we can you and i can sit in a room and we can hypothesize what what a pain point is to a perspective um or where the emotional state of a prospective collective 54 member or yeah. a potential sales prospect, but that doesn't really do us enough good until we actually sit down and have those conversations uh, like you guys do um, with, with your prospective members and measure that, go back, look at the journey map. Are we addressing these touch points um, or these emotions at the right touch point? And what could we do differently, maybe leading into that onboarding process or things like that to actually influence that emotion. Yep. Very good. Now, these are used also in the sales process with new prospects, not just with existing clients during client discovery um, or client delivery, excuse me. Is it the process basically the, the same and just applied differently or is it an entirely different process? Um, the way we do it is we'll, we'll basically take a look at the full funnel. So we're, we're going to look at it from a marketing and sales perspective first. Um, so we'll start to map through the marketing uh, marketing process. Um, so looking at awareness, consideration and acquisition. And so working basically top down, 
tracking that uh, prospect or that persona really from the point at which they are even entertaining the idea of joining a group, buying a car, whatever that that buying pro- that customer journey is, all the way down through the marketing channels, the transition from a uh, marketing qualified lead in MQL to an, a sales qualified lead, handing that over to the sales process. And then from there, it's a it is a separate journey inside of the sales process, but we look at it as a linear extension of that marketing qualified or uh, marketing uh, customer journey cycle. Because really, we're we're looking at what is the customer's experience or prospective customer's experience going through that whole process, yeah. and then once they become a customer, then it flips to nurture and client engagement. So commonly referred to as a bow tie funnel, but really at that point, once they sign, you basically start a whole new uh, customer journey. Tell us what a bow tie bow tie funnel is. Um, so think of two triangles that meet in the middle uh, on the pointy side, but basically you've got your customer journey coming in. Uh, you're attracting customers, you're nurturing them, you're getting them into your sales cycle. So from left to right, that's getting a little more narrow. And that, that center point in between is the uh, conversion. The client has purchased, the client has signed up. And at that point, you actually start the process all over again, just a little further on the right-hand side of the spectrum. And that becomes what we would consider a client engagement model. So um, instead of looking at how are we hitting them up with drip campaigns and nurturing their sales process, it's how are we nurturing them as a customer? Are we having the right meeting cadences? Are we delivering things um, as planned? And are we doing our quarterly business reviews and things like that at the right cadences? Okay, got it. If I'm a member and I don't have a journey map and I want to get started, but I might be paralyzed because I don't even know how to take the first two or three steps, what do I do? Um, It's a little funny, but the first thing I would do is the accidental way we got into this is I would go Google Starbucks journey map. Really? Uh, There's a couple of visuals. It, we accidentally stumbled across it a decade ago, and it's an incredibly well-structured uh, document that outlines the buying process and considerations that go into getting that daily cup of coffee, and it's pretty spot on. I would take a look at that first. That's pretty easy to wrap your head around um, as we've all gone through Starbucks. The, Going from there and actually putting it into use, the, the two resources would be Smaply, S-M-A-P-L-Y. Uh, they are a very large customer uh, journey-focused platform, but they've got a lot of resources. And then um, IDEO, IDEO uh, which is I-D-E-O, has some human-centered service design courses that you can take. And those are really fantastic, uh, maybe four to six-week boot camps that really can get you going from, from nothing to... Uh, your first map. Awesome. And the first one, just to do the spelling again, S-M-A-L-P-Y? S-M-A-P-L-Y. S-M-A-P-L-Y. My my, uh, dyslexia is getting the best of me. (laughs) S-M-A-P-L-Y. Okay. Yep. S-M-A-P-L-Y. Yeah. And they've got a lot of great resources. So who in a firm should own this not only the creation of it for the the first time but i would imagine it gets heavily iterated against who owns this that's a great question um we see it as a cross-functional resource um so with our clients 
Uh, we work with about 45 brands. Pretty much all of them be, adopt uh, customer journey as a focus at the leadership level, typically at the CEO level. They're not the ones leading it, but once we once we can align with the CEO around leveraging and managing towards and building towards customer journeys, um, that really allows us to build through the cross-functional teams, whether it's customer experience, marketing, sales, uh, HR. Um, and so in most of our clients, really the ownership is usually spread out across two or three department heads uh, that are each managing it in their own areas. Um, we've got clients that use them for professional development, onboarding, uh, internally, externally, sales, marketing, um, even down to how to build a house. Um, they've, they, our, our clients have kind of taken journey maps as um, really the source of truth for almost everything they deliver, which has been absolutely exciting to see. Yeah. I'll share a story to bring all this to life as maybe a way to put a bow on our session. So I, I had dinner with a gentleman Tuesday night this week. He reached out to me cold on LinkedIn and said, hey, I read your book and uh, I'm going to be in Dallas on a business meeting. And I'd like to come see you. And I looked him up and he looked like somebody that would fit well with our community. So I said, sure. So I went and met him for dinner and he was a really great guy. And I was so glad that he reached out. And I said, so what did you think of the book? And he's like, well, he goes, I read it about two years ago. And right there, I almost dropped my fork in my plate. I'm like, what? So all of my assumptions of my journey map kind of went away. I'm like, so you read it two years ago and here we are tonight. So like, what happened? And he's like, well, I started listening to your podcast and you mentioned at the end of your podcast. So that told me my call to action was working. He goes, and I went back and listened to it this time via the, uh, the Kindle audio version. So, and I didn't know that, right? And, and here I am kind of not really paying attention to those early steps in the journey map. Yeah. And then he went from listening to audio and to reaching out to me, which is, you know, the idea behind content marketing. And here we are face to face. And it was something about the audio that did it as opposed to the text. You know, audio is a little bit more intimate, you know, not as yep. flat, that kind of thing. So just as an example for the audience that, you know, really understanding the behavior, the journey that a prospect or a client goes on uh, can help you make informed decisions in so many different ways. Well, Greg, one, one point in there is you mentioned duration. Um yeah. You know, everyone has their own duration, and that might be a little bit on the farther side, but respecting the duration that the customers are organically going to go through um, allows you to really back your tactics in and decisions to align with that and, in our opinion, respect the customer journey. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, in fact, if I had known that he had read the book two weeks ago, my aggressive sales guys might have reached out to him, and it probably would have backfired. Like, he that wasn't the way he wanted to go through it. So I guess I got lucky in that scenario. All right, let me, uh, let me summarize a few things here. So for members that are listening to this, you're going to get a meeting invite um, for the exclusive private member Q&A session. And this will allow us to double click on this much more than we can do so in a short podcast. And it gives you the opportunity to ask Miles your questions directly uh, to him. So I highly encourage you to attend that. For non-members that are listening, get off your you-know-what and become a member. And you can do that at collective54.com, fill out a form, and someone will follow up with you. If uh, you don't want to get off your you-know-what and you want to just you know investigate a little bit more, check out 
the book that I just mentioned, ironically. It's called The Boutique, How to Start, Scale, Sell, and Professional Services Firm, authored by yours truly, Greg Alexander. And again, you can find that on Amazon. With that, Miles, you know, the, the way the collective works is, is we make deposits in the collective body of knowledge so that we all benefit from it and we share best practices and that's how we all get smarter. So you made a big contribution today. So on behalf of all the members, I want to thank you for being here. Oh, my pleasure. I've been on the receiving side of that for a long time. So happy to give back. Okay. Very good. All right. Until next time, I wish you luck as you try to grow, scale, and sell your firm. Take care. <laughs>